Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Is the market shifting? Where do we go from here? Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Vancouver Life Real Estate Group and EXP Realty. I'm joined here with my co-host, Dan Wirtel, and we are uh, talking today specifically about a noticeable shift in the marketplace. Um, and Dan, feel free to chime in at any point here, but does it not just feel like we went through a spring market in January and February? I mean, certainly the data would suggest we did. <laughs> it certainly did. I mean, come on, let's talk about just the price surge alone. The all-time highest amount of price percentage increase just happened last month, and that was, of course, a result of, of the increased levels of activity. Again, coming off a baseline that was quite low based on super low inventory, but yeah, when you're out on the streets in a February and you are seeing uh, open houses lined up down the street, mm-hmm. when you're seeing double-digit multiple offers still, then yeah, it, it felt like a spring market uh, through late January and definitely February. Yeah, because it certainly feels like a bunch of the sellers maybe didn't get that notice. <laughs> I mean, uh, we still dealt with you know extremely tight inventory, and it's only now that we're starting to see a little bit more inventory build, and that's low and hold, I think, to the fact that we're seeing uh, a climate, if you will, change. It's not just interest rates; it's uh, I think you know it's a combination of effects. But um, you know, when you when you look at the fact that March and April are typically bigger listing months, even May is a bigger listing month, um, and noting noting that we're only 11 days into March, um, and we just saw you know like a 6.4 or 6.2 percent increase, I believe, in price over the last two months alone. Um, I don't know if we're going to maintain that pace. It seems insane um, with now having an interest rate hike. Uh, we've now got some other big factors at play here. Inflation, you know, near 30-year highs. Um, gas prices are up 30 cents a liter. Uh, grocery prices um, have gone bananas, and there's a pun intended there. Um, and now we've got oil hovering at $130 a barrel. This is markedly different than two years ago. Um, and so the forecast, theoretically, should be changed with everyone getting squeezed in different corners here. Yeah, I think it's happening from all angles, like you said. It, it is people are getting pinched. You know, we've got fuel and food at a thirty-year high right now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, anyone who who's gone or driven lately has obviously seen the price at the pump, and and that's that's a very tangible sort of index to reference. And mm-hmm. obviously, you go grocery shopping, it feels higher. You buy a house, it's higher. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find something that's gone down in price uh, in the last well couple of years, let alone a couple of weeks here. And the dynamics really changed a lot. And I think this is largely induced by the Black Swan event being a war. Mm-hmm. So yes, things were kind of coming to a head already. We've got inflation ripping high. I mean, the US just reported a 7.9% print yesterday. I mean, that's a 40-year high for oh, the States. And you know Canada's is coming next, and you know it's going to be higher than it was last month. We've also got that interest rate hike. 
you know, that just happened. And that was the first one since 2018. So a lot of people who maybe weren't in the housing market before and now are, that's the first time they've ever even heard of or paid attention or, or had the time to want to understand what a rate hike actually means to real estate and to their mortgage payments. So there's a lot of extraneous circumstances that are shifting and shifting quick. And I think the marketplace is shifting quick with those. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I uh, released uh, a social media post not too long ago, just mentioning the fact that I was noticing a sentiment change, how, you know, even just two weeks ago, you tried to make a phone call to get in and see a place and you would, <laughs> you, you, you couldn't get in. You, you, they just literally are double or triple booking you to get you through. I mean, our last Mount Pleasant listing had 47 showings in five days. Um, but now we're doing offers on properties on offer day and, and, sometimes no one's showing up. Like it, it's completely different and sellers are kind of gobsmacked about what's, what's kind of happened. But, you know, I, I think the issue for sellers might get compounded even further before it gets a little bit better. And the reason I say that is, you know, we're, we're in that typical listing month where our spring market, this is the start of the spring market. Uh, here, you know, historically, but the last two and a half years have been anything but historical <laughs> um, in terms of a cycle. So it's interesting to see where we're at now. And if sellers continue to realize that maybe the environment is changing, there could be a bit more of a rush for them to get to the marketplace to try and lock in their sale, their equity, their, their um, price growth. Um, but if they do that, That'll be more and more property hitting the market. And with now buyers having less purchasing power, they're going to get spread out by the inventory that comes on. And um, we could see, you know, at least a little bit of pullback in terms of the, the feverish nature that we've seen over the last two years. And I think we, we're definitely starting to feel some examples of this. So I think we should give a couple sort of on boots on the ground yeah. here, examples yeah. of, of sort of what we're talking about, right? Ryan and I um, are very active in this Vancouver real estate market, and you really do get a sentiment just by not only boots on the ground, but of course, when you're talking to your colleagues every day, <clears throat> excuse me. So a couple examples. Yes, literally as, as soon or as recent rather as let's say three weeks ago, uh, a detached home could easily fetch 10 to 20 offers. Mm -hmm. You know, let's call it in that 1.5 to $2 million range list price. Today, we're hearing uh, one offer, two offers kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. That's a radical reduction. Yeah. And it's happening quick. Again, we're talking literally three weeks ago. And the same same sentiment could be echoed for condos. Maybe not 10 to 20 offers, but those condos that three weeks ago would get five or six are now getting one, two, sometimes none. Mm -hmm. Right? We, we mentioned a couple, or I think it was last week, how got a great condo under contract, no competing offers. Right now, I'm negotiating something in the West End. Great condo, no competing offers. Like, we're negotiating. We are below asking price. We are full subjects. I couldn't even say that word three weeks ago <laughs> unless it had the word free right after it. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's just, it's fascinating to kind of be in this position. And again, so quickly. And then realtors, talking to realtors, it's happening across the GVRD and beyond. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dan and I are, you know, with the fact that we're with EXP, we have, you know, partners that are across the nation and into the States as well. So, you know, we're hearing stories through those channels that uh, the market is shifting there as well. So it's not just localized. Uh, it's not just in Canada. It's not just in BC or in Vancouver. Uh, there, like, like Dan said, there's this massive sort of 
black swan event that's happened. And now everybody's focus is on, you know, arguably far more important things. Right. So, um, so where do we go from here? What does it mean for, for buyers? What, you know, if I'm a buyer in this environment and I just entered the market knowing it's gone up by 30%, now people are starting to say, well, hold on a second. Maybe we need to wait and see what happens. You know, what should I do as a buyer? Dan, what would you recommend? Yeah, it's interesting. And again, it sort of feels like day one or week one of the shift. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit spotty right now, if I just want to extrapolate a little bit more on the previous comments. So <clears throat> it's not like it's turned on, it head, on its head. It's not on 180. There's early signs of things changing. <clears throat> you can still go up and, and find a great property and go up against 20 other offers. Okay. But then you can also find a great property and go up against none. <clears throat> so it's not like it's all or nothing. It's mm -hmm. a bit of a mishmash right now. So what do I advise buyers? Well, again, if you have been repeatedly outbid or you simply don't like that environment or you haven't been liking any homes that you've seen on the market, then it's definitely time to start paying attention. Because again, we are perfect examples of getting homes, great homes recently under contract, under ask with no or very low competing bids. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, now we're getting subjects. It's great. We can protect you even further, right? Yeah. We do, we're great for doing due diligence prior to offers. But again, there's a little bit more breathing room post. So that's something right now to pay attention to. Yeah. And, and, but you know, you're spot on with your <laughs> spotty, uh, um, review of the market because <clears throat> it's very contextual. It's based on, you know, each individual circumstance, right? I mean, um, <laughs> in some instances, you know, in, in the same week, this was two weeks ago in the same week, uh, we were offering on a two and a half million dollar place in uh, point gray that went for just over 3 million and had 13 offers. And then in the very next day offering on a different property type, um, and only having one competing bid and going, um, you know, you know, it sounds like a lot, but only a hundred thousand dollars over the list. I mean, that's, that is still significantly different than 400,000 over the list, you know, in the same week. Um, and I also think you're going to see this more in the high price property. So I think as if you're a buyer and you're looking to buy right now, the higher price property has smaller buyer pools. So we're starting to see you know, bigger discrepancies at higher prices. As things go down uh, in price and become more affordable, um, you're seeing still, you know, higher levels of competition. And that's based on affordability too. I don't think the demand for the property has changed, but I think the sentiment around the way people are buying has changed. I don't think people are going to be so gung-ho to just chuck money at a property and try and win now. I think they're going to be a little bit more calculated knowing that the rest of their expenses have, have gone up you know, considerably. Yeah, so. that's exactly the point. And, and the recent studies, recent poll just showed that something like 53% um, of Canadians are being back on discretionary spending compared wow. to even just a couple months ago. Wow. And 41% are pulling back on major purchases. What's a major purchase? A house. house. So again, yeah. people, I think, especially with this war, I mean, you know, there's literally now talks of potential nuclear threats and chemical warfare. I mean, these are things when humans naturally go into, let's say, a preservation type of mode. Yeah, risk mitigation. Not thinking about buying a vacation home in the middle of a war, <laughs> generally no. speaking. Do you no. know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so people are feeling like they need to kind of protect and, and save save their their money and, the, and their income and maybe not make huge expenditures right now. And also, okay, well, we've seen the first interest rate hike just happen too. So is that going to continue? Is that going to continue? Um, 
that's an unknown. And of course, you know, those talks of six, seven, eight rate hikes, I think that war just all but eliminated that as an option. You know, still that two, three that we predicted at the beginning of the year, still very much possible. Don't expect six or eight hikes. That's that's my stance still. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with that because again, as we talked about, if you're a buyer right now and you're watching what's happening and you're realizing that, you know, well, if buyers are changing their sentiment and how they're going to buy things, that's going to change the way sellers present things. So if that means a bit more of, of inventory that's going to come to the market as they, as they try and, you know, make those sales to capture that profit, then you're, you're going to have an opportunity of potentially buying something without competing. Um, and even in some instances under the list price, I mean, Dan, we've had a couple of those already, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk a little bit then about inventory because mm-hmm. it is on the rise and that's fantastic. Uh, 11 days in here on March, we've seen already about another 600 total active listings on the market. Okay, so it's trending in the right direction. We're up about 1,900 total on the year, but keep in mind, this is off of record lows. We are in a record low March right now, okay? 70, just under 7,400 active listings. Um, Up 1,900 on the year, but record low. Like we're still below current inventories, below any other month dating back five years. Yeah, I think it's still still really important for people to realize that we were driving at 200 miles an hour. Right. We weren't driving around. We weren't driving the speed limit. Right. This was, we were hair slicked back as fast as we could go. And like we've said before, about a year ago, when it kind of cooled through the summer, we saw that foot come off the accelerator. And um, that's definitely taking place right now. Right. Um, And the question is, is does it persist? Does it maintain? And, you know, the environment a year ago looked way different than environment now. And so, yeah, I think the outcome will be a little bit more different. Um, You know, it might be a little bit more prolonged, especially with this conflict going on, Um, you know, and that puts people into more of a, 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 a less risky position, right? So people are going to restrict the dollars they're spending and they're going to start to save more, right? Well, here's the thing. Remember when everybody was locked down and there was all that helicopter money? Mm-hmm. You know, mid-2021, the household savings rate hit uh, 28%. We're now down to 6%. Wow. That's a big drop-off. Wow. Now, again, this is pre-war data, right? So people were out spending again and going on vacations and whatnot. Yep. Um, and keep in mind, it was uh, about 3% pre-pandemic. So we're still above that. Um and maybe that'll increase again now too, because people are going to be afraid, as we know, they're pulling back on major expenses and discretionary spending. Yep. So, you know, things were kind of opening up. People felt good about spending again, if you will. Um, yeah. That may change again, but that's uh, a, a big sort of thing to note is that I think all that pent up savings has yes. largely been spent. Yeah. And on top of that too, I mean, you, you keep going down that path and if buyers restrict from buying and more sellers hit the market, and then we've got interest rates that were supposed to go up, but if buyers don't spend, we don't stimulate, then interest rates might stop going up, right? Because we need to stimulate the economy still. We need to recover. We haven't recovered out of uh, COVID yet, not entirely, right? So we have, don't. today is like the first day we don't have to wear a mask. Yay. <laughs> but still, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a different environment. And so I think it's also important that we discuss maybe what sellers should do because, you know, it's a very different environment than just putting your property on the market now and, and waiting for your 10 offers to show up. That's not going to happen. It might happen for the right property, 
But now it's going to come down to having a real listing strategy, having a real realistic sale price, right? Um, and and that's quite a mental shift from the last two years. Of course, yeah. You know, two years here, we're like, yeah, you're going to sell in one week, and you're going to sell over ask, and it's yeah. all but a guarantee. And that was the vast majority for most homes. Uh, and yeah, this is yes, the beginning of the shift, and and maybe we kind of put in a precursor to the rest of that talk with what is going to happen with prices. Mm-hmm. If things are slowing down, if there are less offers, if we're getting things under asking price, does that mean prices are dropping next month? Big question. Big question. <laughs> I'm going with no, <laughs> but I'm going with no because prices, the way they're tracked are, are largely a lagging indicator. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see prices drop for about two to three months, barring a you know secondary black swan event. Yeah. Uh, Sure, they're gonna they're gonna level off and they're gonna level off quick. And again, this is coming off of an all-time record increase. So to see a leveling off is not only more than welcome, but I think a natural transition about what's gonna happen here based on what's happening on the ground. I also think, you know, we'll we'll probably see um we'll probably see the sales to active listing ratio change first, right? That's usually your largest indicator of behavior. And so you know, right now it's been just bananas seller's market activity, right? So it'll be really interesting to to watch where those numbers adjust to, um, because that that'll be the best indicator, at least in the short run of where we're going. Uh, prices, like Dan said, will continue to adjust as a result of that, right? Um, but uh, I also don't think prices could fall too, too much. And the reason for that is because when you look at everything else in the economy and the cost of lumber is staggeringly high again, the cost of fuel has gone through the roof. The cost of getting a container for shipments is, you know, it was $2,000 pre-pandemic. It's now $24,000 to get a container on a ship, right? So the cost of supplying the market is also gone up. So, you know, prices can adjust. Um, you know, but as long as those commodity prices remain high, then they're only gonna they're only gonna adjust by so much. Um, it has to be the whole commodity price has to drop in order for them to continue to go down, so they can make them cheaper. We can't do that yet, right? So we're we're gonna see a bit of a shift here, but again, I think largely in the short run, it's probably gonna be sentiment and behavior based prices. You know, we'll see where where that goes. We need a bit more data first. Yeah, it's it's likely going to, I don't know, I think level out again for a while. It's It could easily go either way. And that's the interesting mm-hmm. thing about this market, this landscape, more than others. Because like Ryan just touched on, because the cost to build is now increasing again at a very, very quick rate, builders are going to pull back. Okay, mm-hmm. less houses available. But we know immigration targets continue to increase. Yeah, okay. that's More it. and more people coming in. More and more people coming in. Uh, borders are opening. Masks are dropping. Tourism increases. Okay, so those Airbnb units become interesting again. Mm-hmm. Removing, you know, uh, long-term rentals for, for, for locals. Um, that, to me... Oh, let's also talk uh, employment today. We are at a lower unemployment rate today than we were pre-pandemic. People Amazing. are employed. People are making money. That will, those, those metrics will push prices up. Mm-hmm. But then we've got people, again, everything else is so expensive, people are pulling back on major purchases. That's going to yeah. pull prices down. Yeah. So it's a bit of a tug of war right now that's in the middle, which is, again, sort of why I'm feeling a flat market for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, interest rates, again, harder to raise in, in, in the current environment, yet they need to, to fight inflation. Tug of yeah. war, again. Yeah. 
So, you know, this, um, there's never been certain times really in, in, our, in our world, but uh, I think they're more uncertain than they've been in, in a couple decades. So it's, um, it's all going to hash out in some way or another, but I'm predicting pretty flat prices for about the next three months here. Yeah, I, I don't see how, you know, when, you, when we talk about um, immigration, I mean, the, the targets for the next three years are enormous. You know, 1.4 million people are going to be here in the next three years that aren't here now, uh, all of which are going to have permanent resident status and they can buy real estate. We know the vast majority of those people are going to end up in, in um, Quebec, Ontario, and BC. Um, you know, and those real estate markets typically funnel into the the major ones. So we know that more demand is coming. Um, and I think this could be, you know, a bit of a leap from where we are in terms of, of this conflict today. But if things continue to get worse, Canada begins to look more and more like a safe haven to the rest of the world. Um, and, and, you know, are we going to see more, you know, people of refugee status coming here? What is that going to do to our rental market? Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of unknowns here. Um, and I think it's changing pretty quick. <laughs> so, you know, I think if you're a buyer really maybe taking a week to see how things are, are playing out, um, you know, it, it's not maybe a bad thing to do it is, you know, continue to watch what's happening, but at the same time, and I have, you know, we've seen this, we've seen this market change. We've seen it be crazy hot. We've seen it be very cold. That's actually when Dan and I first started was when it, it was crazy hot and then it cooled <laughs> right off. Um, but what I noticed in those time periods was that even the really nice real estate in Vancouver was still fought over, right? So if you're a buyer and you see a property and you recognize that you might be able to get said property without competing and you're going to be there for the next five, maybe 10 years, is still a property worth going for. Interest rates are still very low, generally speaking, right? The environment to own that piece of real estate still makes sense. Um, but if you're going to be, you know, holding a property for a year or two, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if that's really. It's it's pretty risky right now. Yeah, definitely risky for your fix and flippers. You know, yes. they've had it very good for two years. Now is when you start to make sure if you're considering a fix and flip, you have alternative alternative, excuse me, exit strategies, mm. whether that's the ability to rent for three, four years and be okay with your bottom line, great, then consider mm. it. But if you only have one exit and that's flipping for a profit, reconsider or evaluate very, very carefully and make sure you're going into the right neighborhood and most sought after asset class. Yeah. Make sure you do your homework because not just anything will flip again. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, Dan and I have certainly recognized, um, a significant change in the marketplace. We we wanted to be uh, informing you guys of that uh, as early as we can because I think again, you know, as a buyer, it changes your attitude, and as a seller, it changes your expectations. Um, and um, you know, obviously, if you have more questions about how to navigate this, uh, it is case by case. So uh, reach out, and we'll, we'll definitely check it out. Really appreciate that. Well said, Ryan. Thank you, everyone, again, so much for watching and listening. Times are interesting. We're going to keep you updated. And as always, please reach out to us for your specific circumstances. We're happy to help. Thanks and have a great day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com.
Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.